And welcome to a historic episode 50 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. Not historic because um, it's Halloween weekend for us. Historic it's because historic. it's episode 50. And it's also historic because Connor McDavid and the Oilers might be back. They might finally have turned a corner. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Red Hot Canadians who, uh, at the time this podcast was recorded, have, still haven't lost in regulation. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, other major news. Sid the Kid is also back, and he's back with a vengeance. Uh, and Bruins and Sens both experiencing goalie uncertainty. Uh, we'll call it that, uh, and we'll expand on that. Uh, but first, a shout-out to all the players past and present in the NHL who have worn number 50 in their careers. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of goalies on this list. Corey Crawford, of course. Uh, the most notable, Jonas the Monster Gustafsson as well, Chris Mason, uh, Jordan Binnington for uh, for a short time has worn that number, as has Christers Gudlevskis. If you don't remember his name, he's the guy that almost single-handedly defeated Canada in the 2014 Olympic quarterfinals. Um, Latvia almost played spoiler there, and he was a big part of that. Um, other players, Cody Eakin, Ruslan Ferratenko, Igor Radulov, the brother of Alex Radulov, Antoine Vermette, of course, the most notable of that bunch. Peter Sikora and Chris Tierney also wearing number 50. So to all of the NHL players past and present who have worn that number, this podcast is for you. And now, it's time. To lace them up, here's Brett and Steve. All right, I guess it's episode 50. Um, yep. That's a, I just remember our first a couple episodes where we yeah. were just like, what are we doing kind of thing, so. How do we get this yeah. far? We're still not, I'm still not sure about that, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's, it's improved since then, hopefully. Um, yeah, let's get going. Uh, so, since then... Uh, the Oilers may be back. Um, the uh, they've won their f- uh, seven of their first eight to start the season for the first time since 1985-1986. McDavid has 12 points in eight games. Um, are they for real, Steve? Well, uh, when you're leading the NHL in scoring and your right. name is Connor McDavid, it's it's easy to see why the Oilers are this good right now. Um, and not to mention the fact he's on a four-game point streak prior to Sunday's match against Ottawa. Um, but it's just the fact that the other team is slowly starting to buy in. I mean, you look at Lucic, he has seven points in his first eight games. Jordan Eberle, six points in his first eight games this year. Leon Dreisaitl, six points in eight games. And... After a rough first week, it seems as if Benoit Pouliot has been playing better. He, he got a point in the Heritage Classic against the Jets, right. then scored not once but twice against Washington. And while the defense has been quietly effective, I think Cam Talbot has been the biggest reason why this team is doing so well right now. I mean, you look at his stats heading, uh, heading into Saturday's action. His seven wins were tops in the league. His two shutouts put him in a tie for first in the league. He's faced the most shots out of any starter so far this season. And while that addresses an important area for this team, it's not as noticeable if you're putting wins on the board. Your 19th-ranked power play won't become a talking point if you're winning. Your fourth-best penalty kill, which is 10 for 10 away from Rogers' place, will get talked about for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And they've got a boatload of youth at center, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid. There's no surprise there. And that might explain why they're a bottom five team in the faceoff dot right now. And despite being so young, they're achieving all the success. And that's why it's so amazing to watch this team right now. They're having fun, they're doing well, and they're doing this at a time where people expected to see improvements, but maybe not to the point where they would be just one point behind the Habs for top spot in the league heading into Saturday. So at some stage in the regular season, this team will look human. Every team, every team looks human. I mean... That time they beat Washington, that was the first time in over a year where the Cavs lost back-to-back games in regulation. But if this team can hang with the best in the West, like Chicago, 
and even beat teams like Chicago. They already show they can beat a top team. They beat Washington. That's despite their record right now. That's a that's a pretty dangerous team. If they can beat the best teams on a nightly basis, the Oilers can be a solid playoff contender. As of right now, I don't know for sure if they're real, but they're very very close. And I think at least they can handle prosperity to a certain extent and and Todd McClellan made that perfectly clear when the Sabres beat them this team isn't ready to handle prosperity yet mm. I think they're a little bit better at at handling prosperity than they were a couple of weeks ago and the longer they can keep this going the longer they can build momentum the more they can gel as a team the better I think this team can get yeah. but it, it's how they are going to handle success and how they handle their first rough patch of the season. Because it's going to come. We just don't know when. Well, I'm just looking at their schedule right now and who they beat. Um, so they beat Calgary uh, early in the season twice. They beat them twice. Yeah, and that home-to-home. Um, although, I, I don't know, does that count as a home-to-home when it, one was on Wednesday and one was on Friday? But I guess it's a home-to-home. I think home it's home. a home-and-home, home, yeah. I think that's what it counts, right? I don't know. I, I, I thought home-to-home was, like, literally the next day. But... Um, Anyways, they they beat Calgary twice. Um, Carolina, St. Louis is a a big um, uh, is interesting for them. Uh, Winnipeg in that Heritage Classic, they beat Washington. So the most, and then they beat Vancouver on Friday. Uh, they play your Senators tonight. Um, you know, this will be published on Monday, so they may have beat uh, the Senators, but uh, we'll see. Um, but I think of that schedule, it looks like Washington's the most impressive win there. They lost mm-hmm. to Buffalo. Um, that was their only one. And uh, remember when McDavid put that uh, had that captain's practice on Monday? They haven't lost since. They haven't lost since, and they've only given up four goals um, in that time. So... Uh, I don't know if, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if they're back. It is still early, um, as our last episode title was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it is it is cool. Like, it is uh, cool that they're, you know, they're doing this. It, it does show improvement, which is what everyone wanted to see last year. Um, and uh, now they may actually have it. Um, it is kind of interesting, though. We'll talk about Taylor Hall in a bit, uh, but uh, how like they, you know, everyone in the off season was saying like that they're gonna sorely miss Taylor Hall because, you know, their scoring's just gonna be down. But um, it doesn't seem like they are um, when you know when they're like they're when they have McDavid who's doing a ton. Uh, for them, and as you mentioned, like Drysaddle's doing well, and uh, Lucic is doing well, and all these guys are doing well. So um, I'm not, I really, I don't know if it's, um, it's like maybe they didn't need Taylor Hall. Um, so that is um, something to look out for, I guess, when you're right. But like, eventually, they are going to get through a rough patch. Um, and I don't know if it's gonna, um, and I don't know, it, and it all depends on how they overcome that rough patch. I don't, I don't yeah, think they're gonna be, um, 81 and 1. Um, no, no, that, they're, they're not funny, gonna be though. that good this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although that would be, that would be awesome, but. Be good to the point where yeah. they would be a playoff team, but. Again, Cam Talbot, his GAA is two point one seven. Face the most shots in the league. I don't know how long it's gonna keep. He's gonna be able to keep that up. And yeah. uh, you look at Jonas Gustafsson. I'm interested to see what he can provide because at some True. point they're gonna have to give Cam Talbot a rest here. He's been there. good though, Cam Talbot. But yeah, you're yes. right. That is a good point. And, you know, go with the hot hand if he's playing that well. But yeah. uh, again, you know, uh, they they can't rely on him the entire season. So at some point. They're going to have to see what Jonas Gustafsson is made of. And in the past, he's been a very capable backup goalie. So, um, again, everyone's going to have to buy in. And I think the defense has quietly bought in. Chris Russell, Adam Larson, they haven't been Darnell Nurse. They they, they haven't been making headlines, but they've been quietly helping this team. I mean, that's what you want in a defense when you're not making headlines. That's a good thing. 
Exactly. Um, the uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, Cam Talbot's been good, but it's like you know you're uh, you're on the right path when you're worried about your backup goalie. <laughs> um, but it's true though. Now in this day and age, like you need a good backup. So, um, uh, goalie. So that's uh, yeah, that is, that is a good point though. We'll uh, we'll see if Gustafsson um, is good enough for that. Um, yeah, and and Tom McClellan, I, I'm yeah. gonna give him some huge props because he's been he's been very vocal about those little bad habits that this team needs to break and he's been on them and and he's been put keep making sure that he, he's keeping them to task he's making them accountable for their mistakes and he, he's trying to make sure that they learn from their mistakes and yeah. i think that's something that maybe we just didn't see enough of compared to previous coaches in edmonton during their rebuilding era not to say that their other coaches weren't good but Todd McClellan, I think, is really getting the best out of his team right now. I will say that it's sad that Edmonton is where it is in location-wise because someone who who loves hockey on the East Coast in America uh, doesn't yeah. um, will have to actually like search if like if I really wanted to watch Edmonton Oilers, I have to like go to my NHL Game Center and watch them play uh, late at night. Um, so that's yeah, not late at night is the kicker yeah, too. Exactly, and it's and it's not like NBC shows any of their games either. So, um, so that's what's um, that's what's sad is that like this team is like probably the most exciting team in the league right now, um, and yet no one in the, on the East Coast will probably see them. But um, I mean, I guess that's like. It's Edmonton, where <laughs> we, you know, um, so you could say the same for all the California teams kind of thing. So, um, pool of the week. So, like I was saying, uh, scoring is up, um, maybe single-handedly because of McDavid. Uh, but, um, so I asked this question, um, why do you think scoring is up? Um, so I have four options. Um, I made a mistake by putting this for a 24-hour vote, but um, but it's uh, um, we have uh, we have it's early in the season, um, more rookies in the game, so I didn't add this, but it's like you know it adds to more um, uh, you know less uh, more mistakes in the game. Um, Apparently, this is the most ever rookies in a starting the season ever. Yeah, uh, I heard ten percent of the league are yeah. rookies, and you look at the Leafs' rook uh, scoring cool to, like yeah. Mitch Marner at, at third, William Nylander second, Austin Matthews first. That yeah. all of them are rookies. Um, I also mentioned the whole like goalie injuries, so there's more backup goalies, um, and then other reply below. Uh, so we only got thirteen votes this time, but. Um, there were only two options that people picked. Uh, 54% went to it's early in the season, um, and 46% said there's more rookies in the game. I think it's mostly just a mixture of both. It's it's still early in the season, and I assume that eventually there's going to be one nothing games, um, like the Bruins Red Wings game last night, or um, you know. Like people, like teams are just not going to score as much as they have, um, and you know goalies will be like, oh, we'll be back to regular season form, um, and also I think there are, and then forty six percent went to more rookies in the game. Uh, no one picked the a lot of goalie injuries or the other option, but I do think that the goalie injuries does play a part in it. Um, like for my team, Tuka. Um, if Tuka, like Tuka Rask is 4-0 in the season and the, and the Bruins without Tuka are 0-4, um, and that's saying a lot. So, yeah, like you, uh, you, look, you, know, at the, you look at the Kings with Jonathan yeah. Quick, but they're hanging in there. Yeah. And like the, uh, the whole Toronto, well, I guess I was going to say the Toronto Maple Leafs, they just have bad goalies. Um, well, but. <laughs> their goalies haven't been playing good. Yeah, Anderson's yeah, yeah. actually played better the last two games. Yeah. But yeah, the, the first 
five, six, seven. Yeah, he was. He didn't look. Right, nice. I was about to say that, but um, yeah, you're right. The Kings and the Bruins, I guess, are the best example of that, just because they're they're the only two that have had major goalie injuries. But um, well, I guess the Canucks had um, they had Ryan Miller out for a bit, but um, yeah, um, but yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, let's go to the rapid fire. We have a lot on there plate here. Uh, Hamp- oh, I thought you were going to say something. Yeah, uh, I said, as usual, we have a lot of rapid fire. Yeah, yeah, that's true, as usual. Um, Hampus Lindholm signed to the Ducks finally for six years, $5.25 million annual average value of an annual average value of $5.25 million. Um, This is actually a pretty good deal. Um, it, it, I feel like a lot of people are overhyping him, um, but like I, I was looking somewhere. Apparently, he was fifth in the Norris voting last year. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess we were overlooking that. But um, I mean, it's a good deal for the Ducks. Uh, maybe he could have gotten more knowing that, but. Um, he doesn't get a ton of points, but he, like I was looking at his stats because I was trying to see if I should add him on my team or not. Um, and he gets a ton of block shots, a ton of hits. Um, he does shoot a, quite a bit too, so but uh, he doesn't really get up, up there on the scoring things. So he's a good defenseman. I um, mean, he's a young one, um, but um, young but versatile. Yeah, it is. It is kind of amazing though that no one offer sheeted him, um, in that sense because he's a young defenseman. A lot of teams want that young defenseman, <clears throat> Bruins, um, and um, yeah, no one really did because I guess they're all like it's an all old boys club. Um, but uh, yeah, so they signed uh, Hampus Lindholm. I don't know when he'll play, but he is on my fantasy team now. Team now. Until until he gets a visa thing sorted out, right. uh, I think he's still a couple of years away from doing that. But they hopefully will have him back soon. Apparently, they also expect Ricard Raquel, not a defenseman, but a big part of their team. Yeah, to but he's been injured, right? He's been mm-hmm. injured. Yeah. Yeah. But also signed to a contract, a new contract, yeah. which was another thing. And then all uh, that waits. Is, he's expected to return soon. And then all that waits is uh, Jacob Truba. Um, yeah. Apparently, yeah, which, which yeah, which basically bring, which brings about another question: How big of a market is Jacob Truba going to generate? Because he hasn't yeah, signed. That's true. Um, although I did like I read somewhere that Truba doesn't want to go to anywhere in Canada, uh, um, which means. Which makes it seem like it's more than just that they can't find room for him on the team. It's more like he just doesn't like Winnipeg. <laughs> um, well, again, yeah. it's positional need. He wants to. Yeah. I believe it's right-handed shooting defense, and that's yeah. What he but wants. I mean, like, if he just wants out of Canada completely, that's more than just a like. Oh, you can't fit me on my team. Okay, <laughs> like I want more ice time. It's it's more than that. It's a it's a very complicated case, that's for sure. Yeah. But uh, you would think uh, all signs point to uh, Boston, right? Well, I don't know if I, I, I the thing with him going to Boston. Well, if you saw last night's game, we don't really we're pretty good on defense now, um, but um, we're okay on defense, I should say. But um, I don't know what the return would be. Um, I, I don't was, want him I to was, be too much. I was watching Hockey Night in Canada. Um, yeah, I know. The big rumors was, is he's going to Boston. I know. Well, uh, I heard <laughs> that Ryan Spooner, um, yep. that, that there were question marks about what what was going to happen to him because apparently he was a healthy scratch in the Bruins' home opener against but New Jersey. Winnipeg doesn't need any more centers. Yeah, um, that's that's the thing. And um, also, if, weren't they? Don't they want like a deep, like a equal defenseman, right? So, um, Bruins don't really have it other than like Colin Miller and Carlo. But we're not giving him that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, especially you know, given the high praise we were talking about, Carlo exactly, as or well. Colin Miller, so, yeah. While we're talking about Travers, uh, I heard that um, outspoken agent Alan Walsh was critical of how the Islanders are using their three-goalie system. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and according to Complete Hockey News, apparently general manager Garth Snow uh, has hinted that Yaroslav Halak might be on the trading block. So... Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Brian, the Islanders fan might have been onto something. <laughs> I was well. I was also reading that um, that the uh, Winnipeg Jets goalie system may be um, the three trio of those guys are might be on the block too. Yeah, especially uh, I guess when uh, Connor Halibut um, only gives up one goal against Dallas and makes a bunch of saves, and then Hutchinson records a, a big shutout for them. Uh, right. I guess I, I guess that kind of ups the asking price on Pavlik because he's just sitting there in the minors right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but uh, anyway, speaking of players who are back, um, well, actually, that's not that's not a good transition. But anyways, Crosby uh, came recovered this week. He's back on the ice. Uh, he scored in his debut. I think he got the game-winning goal. Is that right? And um, against the honors, he, he made a huge hit on Boychuk, which Boychuk yeah. didn't like, and then he went and scored seconds later. True, and then right. Boychuk gave him a shot and actually was pretty critical. He said, if I did that, I probably would have gotten a penalty and a suspension. <laughs> um. And then Crosby got two goals last night against the. Um, we should stop saying last night when it's uh, okay. it's on, on Saturday. Um, yeah, giving the Flyers another reason to hate Sidney Crosby. Yeah. We, we, apparently, he scored thirty five goals in his career against Philly, and yeah. I think since oh five oh six, no one has scored more goals against yeah. Philly than Crosby. It should also be noted that while he scored twice. It was presumed that he scored three goals in fifty-five seconds, yep. but I guess they took one away from him, and that nullified history. So that was that was funny. So when you so you posted that on my Facebook wall, well, and then, yeah, I yeah. threw an NBC Sports article. They posted it first. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, I get that. But and yes, then, I shared it. Yeah, you shared it with me, and you're like, "Oh, we should talk about this." And then, so then I immediately tell my dad this, and like, and so then I'm like. Yeah, like this is amazing. I uh, I can't because we were watching ESPN at the time, and yeah. I was like, I can't believe ESPN isn't talking about this. This is like amazing. And then I look at like the box score, and I'm, I was just so confused. I was like, he only scored two goals, and he didn't even have an assist. And so then I was like overthinking it. And then I went back to the Facebook post, and you said like, I, I yeah, think, they just took it away. But it was just I funny. Think, I think. <laughs> When, when you see an article like that, you assume that it's true because it's right. Sidney Crosby. Of no, I know. Crosby would score three no, times. I know. It was just, it was more like, oh, oh my God. Like, I'm not blaming you at all, but it was just, no, no. Um, it was just funny because of that article. Um, what's, the, what's interesting is that it wouldn't have even made Penguins history because Pittsburgh at one time scored three goals in just 27 seconds. Yeah. Do not all by the same player, three different goal scorers, but still, it wouldn't have been the fastest three goals in Penguins history, yep. even if he got the hat trick. Speaking of uh, scores on the Penguins, um, uh, Gino Malkin got uh, 300, his 300th goal um, against the Flyers. Um, yeah. Um, and then uh, Matt Murray is uh, also recovered, but he hasn't played yet. Um, so he's still a backup, but, um, he probably will come back in a couple of months, um, or a couple of weeks. Um, or whenever the first back-to-back is. Or whenever the first back-to-back is, yeah. Um, but please come back when, uh, cause he's on my fantasy team, so. <laughs> um, Kucherov might be out long-term, um, we're not entirely sure, um, when, but I think he broke his hip or something, but he's day-to-day. I read somewhere that he may be out for the rest of the season, um, huh. but um, that's, that's still a rumor at this point. Well, but, during, uh, for those who didn't see the replay, yeah. uh, during the game against Montreal, he just lost an edge, went hard into the boards, and it looked like he hit his head or his shoulder or something, but he was he was in pain uh, on the bench afterwards. Um and he, oh, I thought I it was a hip. The game didn't return. I guess it wasn't a hip. It was a shoulder. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the last <laughs> update from Sportsnet says he's day to day after an awkward fall. So. Okay. Well, yeah. So worth, we'll see. Worth keeping an eye on because it could be a lingering issue. Yeah, and if if he's out like long, long term, that's not good for the Lightning, obviously. But, um, but they do have enough depth to uh, make it work, I guess. 
Yeah, and they have a couple of young prospects like Brayton Point who are actually playing with the team right now. So, so I, I think they could get by with him, but definitely this team is better with Nikita Kucherov than without him. Right, exactly. Um, all right, let's get going. Uh, Los Angeles Kings signed Anders Lindbach to a team. Former member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, nice I guess I should have done that transition there. Um, to a PTO or something like that. Yeah. Um, Just added insurance. Yeah. Peter Budai has been pretty good, though, for them. Um, but, yeah, um, they have another guy. I guess this shows that Quick is actually going to be out for a long time. Um, also shows that they can still win without him. Yep. Um, Habs are 26-4-2 in October. Over the past three seasons combined. That includes the preseason. That includes the preseason. Um, Still impressive. Still impressive. They haven't lost yet in regulation. Um, They've only lost to your Ottawa Senators. Um, But, uh, yeah, they're they're looking pretty good, though. Um, They're in pretty good shape. Weber's looking amazing. Two game winners. And week. Unreal. And Aaron Radulov's looking pretty yeah, good, Radulov's too. Looking yeah, good. he's proving everyone wrong. Um, yeah, the Edmonton Oilers and the Montreal Canadiens, who were like, everyone was panning those trades um, early in the season. Yeah, they're not looking, <laughs> they're not, um, they're not looking too bad right now. Um, and the Preds, as we'll talk about later, um, uh, are in some trouble right now, but um, the Rangers are pretty hot right now. Yeah, um, um, just looking at stats, they've scored 29 goals in their first eight games. At least five guys have scored three or more yep. goals, Jimmy Vesey being one of those names. One of those and names that hasn't win. scored more than three goals is Mika Zibanejad, yet his eight points lead the team. Yep. Um, which is pretty cool. I mean, I think, I think we all knew that, uh, Zibanejad would be good. How has, uh, Broussard been doing for you guys? Um... I don't th- not leading his team in scoring, uh, to my knowledge, but uh, uh, I think he's been a stable presence. I think yeah. he really helps the team. Yeah, well, the the Rangers play the Bruins on uh, Wednesday, and yeah, they they looked pretty good. Um, I'll say they looked a lot improved compared to what they were last year. So, um, they might be a force to be reckoned with. We'll see. Um, Brian Elliott may be back. Three straight wins, including a back to back. Um, and yeah, and the Flames are, I think they're in third in the Pacific right now. So, um, so yeah, the Flames are somewhat back. Um, yeah, just, just expanding on that Elliot point, 14 yep. of the first 87 shots he faced as a Calgary Flame went by him, won the next three and surrendered just five goals on 90 shots. Um, I have oh, here. Def- per- definitely looks like the old Brian Elliott we saw last year. Yeah. I have here Preds and Capitals offense. You were telling me this before the show. I didn't write down what exactly yeah, you said about um, them. You just can... looking at looking at some other things. Capitals offense uh, in their first seven in their first uh, six games, they scored fourteen goals. And the reason they were in the wild card race is because a team like New Jersey had only scored fifteen goals in their first seven games, had one more goal than they did, and that meant New Jersey was in a higher seating in the Metropolitan. Cavs weren't even a top three team before their five two win against Vancouver. So, um, yeah, need, needless to say, the Capitals' offense were a lot of question marks. But hopefully, that five goal outburst against the Canucks it's helps. Still them. early, speaking, enough, of the, but yeah. speaking of the Canucks, only two goals in their last three games, shutout and back to back. Following their OT loss to the Kings, they have not been good. Uh, the Preds, with all their firepower, it's shocking their power play has been so good. Yet they're two four and one after their first seven and have only scored 18 goals during that span. At last check, they were second to last in the Western Conference. And um, there are two other teams that intrigued me. Uh, The Flyers' defense. This could be a playoff team, given the fact they've scored 32 goals in their first nine games, but because they have given up 35 over that stretch, they are not a playoff team. Uh, The Red Wings, meanwhile, they've won six in a row after dropping their first two games. Thomas Vanek has eight points. Darren Helm and Mike Green have seven. And Morazic, after a rough go against Tampa in the season opener, he hasn't been charged with more than three goals in an outing 
and the five stars since. Man. So Detroit is running hot right now. Well, they lost last night. Uh, they only put oh, up. Okay. Well, they had won six straight games, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but they uh, they they only sh- had like twenty three shots uh, for the entire game. Yeah, um, that, that's that's true. And they only lost one nothing, right? Yeah, they only lost one nothing to the Bruins. Yeah. But yeah. So defensively, they're 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 still improving. So that's exactly. Good. But um, um, Jeff's. But that's our, uh, I guess that's our new segment of who's hot or who's not. Um, yeah. It'll be in the middle of a rapid fire, I guess. <laughs> um, we're still not sure where we're going to put it, but for now it's it's in the rapid fire. Uh, Jeff Skinner um, is the youngest active player with more than 20 multi-goal games. Um, yeah. Um, that's pre- you, would, you would think someone like Tyler Sagan yeah. Would- had that stat, but. possibly, but I mean, yeah, I was just thinking that like Jeff Skinner, we don't really talk about him that much, but um, yeah, I guess that makes sense, I guess, because I do keep on hearing like, oh, he had a two goal game or something like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about Jeff Skinner, <laughs> and now now he's in the team. Uh, speaking of players that are on obscure teams, uh. Of the first ten goals that the Devils scored this year, Taylor Hall had five of them. Yeah. I don't think this has been updated since, but um, no. let's. I, I could do quick math, but at, at the time, um, it's, at the, at the time of like that, half their goals come from Taylor. Yeah, Hall, at their first time with when they got ten goals, Taylor Hall had five of them. Yeah, um, their first ten goals of the year, yeah. Taylor Hall had five. Yeah. So this Taylor Hall Adam Larson thing may be like a win-win situation for them so well it, it, again the, the Oilers still look bad because they should have gotten more for Taylor Hall but, but the cheat doesn't look as bad for yeah. either side when you consider where Edmonton is and how good Taylor Hall has been I had years. I had somewhat of a I don't want to be like uh do revisionist history but yeah. I had a feeling that Adam Larson would be good for them I just like I just knew it was risky for them because it's like you could have, you still could have gotten more for him, but, yeah. um, but like you know, there's there is a possibility that Adam Larson could have been good. So, I guess it worked out for them so far. Um, I think it's the fact that he was a top five pick, and yeah. he just doesn't have top five pick numbers. Right. I think that's probably what the biggest knock, right or wrong, on Adam Larson is. Right. That's true, but like. I mean, that's also partially to do with he wasn't given a ton of ice time. But, yeah, you're right. It's like, um, yeah, you didn't. he had to step up, basically. Um, the Ducks wave Emerson Etim after they claimed him. I think it was, was it two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks no, I ago. I think we mentioned it last week, actually. Oh, did they claim? Yeah. When episode 49, yeah. Well, whenever it was, so is, is, they wave him. Yeah, is, regardless, his second stint in Anaheim hasn't lasted too long, and yeah. I don't think anyone claimed him, so I think he's in the minors now. So, um, so now we're on to the Bruins send segment. Both our teams did uh, a lot of things, um, but we'll start with you with your sends because I started with the Bruins last week. Um, okay. Zingle Fever um, is hot, I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that um, after we get to their their goaltending uh, <laughs> All right, fair enough. here. So, I thought you were going to lead off with him, but okay. Yeah, I'll mention the Zingle, though, but th- this is... <laughs> I'll mention the this Zingle. Is, uh, this has turned into quite the important uh, talking point in Ottawa, um, especially with um, everyone that's been diagnosed with cancer related to the SENS organization over the past year or two. Um so, first off, Craig Anderson on on Thursday, he had taken a leave of absence in the preseason, came back. Uh, on Thursday, it was announced he was taking an indefinite leave of absence from the team and that Andrew Hammond would be the go-to guy. Chris Drieger would, would be called up and serve as his backup. Andrew Hammond gets hurt in Calgary, has tweaked something, out with a groin injury, and he will be out for at least a week with said groin injury. So that means Chris Drieger will be with the team until he returns. Matt O'Connor has also been recalled. He will also remain with the big club. And that is because 
while Craig Anderson took a leave of absence, um, he has returned to the team, um, but might have to leave the team later on. So that's why they have O'Connor and Drieger. In case, in case Craig Anderson has to leave the team again, they will have a two-goalie system in place. So they won't have to make a, an emergency call-up. But uh, first off, why Craig Anderson took a leave of absence, um, sadly it was reported that his wife Nicole is battling cancer, and uh, that is why he took his leave of absence. But here's, here's the thing that just astonishes me. While they were watching the game against Calgary, and, and they saw, and, and Craig and his wife Nicole were watching the game, when they saw him and get hurt, his wife turns to him and says, your team needs you right now. Go, go, go back, go back to Ottawa, go back to be with your teammates. And so she urged him to call Pierre Dorian, the Sens GM. So he did. And over and over, Pierre Dorian asked Craig, are you sure about this? Are you sure about coming back? And, and Craig, and Craig said, yes. And he, he said, are you sure your wife's okay with this? And, and he, and he tells Pierre, she's the one who told me to call you. So just the fact that Nicole Anderson uh, just fully understands how much Craig means to this team, his wife's commitment to what Craig does for this team, and the fact that Craig is coming back, it's a testament to his commitment to this organization. Both, both of their commit, uh, both, it's a testament to both their commitments to this organization. And it's a story I've never seen unfold like – Normally, when pe- when people take a leave of absence, they take a leave of absence. But I've never seen a storyline such as this unfold before yeah. my eyes. Uh, Nicole is in waiting period, so she's not actually undergoing any cancer treatment per se. They're still waiting on some testing results, uh, so that's why they they thought you know it'd be best to for Craig to rejoin the team instead of just instead of just uh, staying uh, by his side uh, by her by Nicole's side. So. Um, Craig Anderson is back with the team for how long we don't know, but he is back with the team. Uh, Nicole is battling cancer, and and the reason why this is a personal matter for a lot of people is you remember Brian Murray, their former GM was diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago, oh, still right. battling cancer, and Mark Reed's their assistant coach in the middle of their magical playoff run in 2014-2015, he died of cancer, and now. Craig Anderson's wife has been diagnosed with cancer. So in the span of two years, uh, three people close close to, um, you know, for, for many of the teammates, three people have been affected by this deadly disease. So um, it, it's hit home for a lot of people. And, you know, everyone fully understands why Craig Anderson left the team. And I, I can only... I can only think how motivated this team is going to be just to have him back. Um, and when when you're when you're supportive for each other, and you feel like a family. You feel like a, more than just a hockey team. You feel like family, and family rallies around one another. And I think maybe just maybe you're really going to see a, a extra motivated group of guys that every time they go out there, they're going to be motivated to win. Um, not saying they weren't motivated to win before, but just just events like this really sometimes, maybe in the worst of ways, rallies the team together and gets them closer. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how often they use Craig Anderson. Obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of emotional, emotional stress that builds up, so they're probably going to monitor how often they play Craig Anderson in these games. But um, they're going to have Drieger and O'Connor there to back him up in case, um, in, in case Craig Anderson needs to take a sudden leave of absence because this is, this is an ongoing battle. Um, the, the worst is, is yet to come by the sound of it because, you know, he hasn't gone through chemotherapy yet, but... Um, yeah, it's it's a tough time in Ottawa, but uh, yeah. this this team is, is determined to get through it together. Um, but despite despite being the bearer of bad news um, over the weekend, um, the Sens have an interesting predicament, uh, and involves Ryan Dezingle. This guy has four goals and seven points on the season. 
uh, got two goals against Vancouver after being moved to the top line. Uh, this 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 streak kind of reminds me of what Mike Hoffman was able to do in his first big season with Ottawa. I'm not sure if Dezingle's going to have a big impact, but if he, he, you can be sure he'll continue to get his opportunities so long as Clark MacArthur is out and Curtis Lazar stays in the minors. But should Lazar return and should MacArthur return from his nagging uh, history of concussions, it'll be interesting to see where Ryan Dezingle fits in, how he's playing at the time. Uh, it's too early to tell if if this is a flash in the pan or if Dezingle's the real deal. But considering the fact that you have Thomas Shabbat, you have Colin White, who hasn't played an NHL game. You've got all these promising prospects who still haven't played. And you have a guy like Ryan Dezingle scoring at a point-of-game pace. That's definitely a reassuring sign for the sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, our condolences go out to Craig Anderson, if that wasn't yes. um, clear already in his family. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, I was like, whenever, I, whenever I'm like... I look at the box scores for the Senators games sometimes. I'm like, oh, Zingle. Um, um, like, who's this guy? So it, it seems like he's come out of nowhere, basically. Um, it does seem like like that's this, I felt that same way when Mark Stone was uh, yeah. doing that. Mike Hoffman, same thing. It's like, you guys like just find all these diamonds in the rough kind of players. I mean, Peugeot someone, when he had that hat trick. Peugeot, yeah. So it's like you, the Sens have a knack for like finding these guys who are like late round draft picks, but then all of a sudden just start scoring. Um, so it's impressive. Um, yeah. So the the Bruins had a back to back on Tuesday and Wednesday. Did not do so well. I forgot. Did we talk about Dubnik's three straight shutouts? We did, right? I feel like I don't... we. I maybe maybe we did maybe we didn't. I feel maybe, like we missed yeah, it. We, yeah, <laughs> if, if we missed it, um, if we missed it, we're going to mention it now. If yeah. we mentioned it already, it's worth mentioning again. Uh, Devin Dubnik yep. apparently has recorded three straight shutouts, yep. and he's on my fantasy team. Yep. Uh, one of the one of those games was against my Bruins. Yep. Um. Uh. But uh. Yeah. So it is impressive though that he's uh. He has three straight shutouts. Um, yeah, so Tuka Rask is, was injured. So uh, the Bruins called up Malcolm Subban and Zane McIntyre to the big club. Um, Malcolm Subban, I actually didn't watch the Bruins wild game, but I do know that Malcolm Subban is 22 years old. Um, he did give up five goals. So that's not encouraging. But he's 22 years old. Goalies don't develop um, like uh, you know forwards and defensemen do. But um, it wasn't great news. Um, oh yeah, and Kado- uh, so Rask was out, and also Kadobin was out. So for a couple of weeks. So um, so that's why Subban and McIntyre had to take over. But. Um, I don't know. It's it's not encouraging, obviously, for Subban, and maybe we made a maybe he's going to be a bust. But at the moment, he's you know he's a young draft pick. We still don't know what we have with him. Um, I have a feeling that people fans are going to be are overreacting to his last couple of games. But um, I still think that there might be something there. Um, it's just that we're we're bringing him in too early. So um, he may need some more time in Providence, which which he was getting already. It's just, uh, it was just a weird situation for us. So yeah, so he played against the Wild on Monday, gave up like four goals early, um, and then McIntyre had to come in, and he gave up one goal in there. Um, so that wasn't good. Um, and then we played the Rangers next the next day, um, and McIntyre started. Um, he looked good. McIntyre, Zane McIntyre looked better than Subban did, um, but um, he's our other goalie prospect, uh, touted goalie prospect. But uh, he looked good in the first period, and then 
Uh, he kind of faltered in the second to, and third period. Um, I also heard the Bruins had a 2 nothing lead on the Rangers, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, it was... For the first period, Zane McIntyre was uh, beating Heinrich Lundqvist in the goalie matchups. It was uh, it was interesting. They never thought that would happen, but um, yeah. But then uh, uh, the Rangers kind of picked it up. Uh, Rick Nash actually was looking pretty good too. Um, he got a goal, he got their first goal there, and then um, and then after that, like there was just a lot of floodworks. Um, of course, it's so Bruins that uh, Jimmy VC uh, scored. Um, I think he got the game-winning goal um, for them. So um, it's uh, it's very fitting that he uh, does this against the Bruins. But um, I have a feeling that he's going to be like a Bruins killer in the future. Um, yeah, so the Bruins goalie issues. Uh, uh, so we also had a ton of injuries. Um, even more so in the back end. Uh, well, Tuka Rask came back on uh, Saturday, um, and they shut out the Red Hot Red Wings, um, one to nothing. Um, as I mentioned before on the show, the Red Wings had um, were you know had won six straight, um, and then uh, the Bruins uh, just shut them out. So. Um, um, but, uh, so it, it just showed like all those guys, people who want to trade Tuka like this, just show them this week and say yeah. like, all right, t- you know, <laughs> like just stop talking. Give your head a shake. Yeah, exactly. Um, David Backus had surgery. There's no timetable for his return. I assume he's day to day though at this moment. Um, but that's going to be unfortunate cause he was our big free agent guy. Um, and it was also going uh, if he wasn't at a point of game pace, he was close to it. Yeah, um, yeah, he was. Well, that was mostly because he was on that uh, Marshawn Pasternak line uh, when Bergeron was out. But yeah, he's uh, he was. Uh, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, hopefully he'll come back soon. Um, we'll see. Uh, Pasternak's hit on. Oh right, so uh, Pasternak got suspended um, during the Rangers game, um, during the Rangers game, he hit Girardi, it was, I'm not, at the moment, like, I, I guess I'm biased, but I didn't think it was that bad, because he didn't, Pasternak didn't, like, leave, like, leave his feet off the ground, but I could see why it was two games, he was given two games for that hit. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why it was two games, but at yeah. the same time, I've seen worse. Exactly. Um, so, yep. Uh, so he's uh, he's suspended for two games. Um, it's also kind of weird too because he was like, you know, he's been well in that game. He scored in the first ten seconds of the game. Um, so, but like, you know, he's not known for being a hitter. Um, and more being a scorer, so it was just um, interesting that he uh, he went that violent um, towards the end. But um, yeah, so it was like a it was a weird mixture of that thing. So um, yeah, the uh, the Wild. I feel like the Wild and the Rangers game should be a write off because we didn't have Tuca um, in those games. Um, and though, and I don't think Zane or Malcolm are ready yet. Um, but um, yeah, that that Red Wings game is a good indicator, though, in a way that hey, the Bruins may be good, um, and we don't even have David Backus out back yet. Um, yeah, and you won't have Anton Hudobin back because he's up for at least the yeah. next three weeks. Right, he got hurt in practice. Yeah, I don't know who our backup is now, but um, hopefully we don't have to worry about it because we usually put a lot of, um, usually Tuca starts a lot of, a lot for us, so. Yeah, um, my, we'll my guess is, other than back-to-backs, he's probably going to be starting all of them. Yeah, so it looks like, at the moment, Zane McIntyre is our backup, but yeah. is the backup. I always say, are we, uh, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. um, so, uh, who do the Bruins have on the sked this week? Yeah, um, I was just about to look. Um... Hold on one second. Wait, did you say who the Senators have? 
Um, I'll, I'll get to that right now, actually. At the time this podcast is being recorded, they haven't played the Edmonton Oilers yet. Um, by the time this podcast is recorded, you'll know how that game is going to turn out. That'll probably be an underrated test for them, considering you know, the Edmonton Oilers have been, haven't been an established winning team, but they're winning right now, so that'll be a good test. Then they host Carolina on Tuesday, Vancouver on Thursday, and Buffalo on Saturday before heading to Nashville for a Tuesday night game on November the 8th. So they've got a favorable schedule this week, and um, they need to take advantage of the teams they're supposed to beat, and they need to get some wins on the board. Um, yes, yeah, so the Bruins are in Florida um, this week. Uh, they play, they're at the Panthers on Tuesday, and they're at Tampa Bay on Thursday. Mm. And then we host the Rangers on Saturday. Um, Jonathan Marchessault is going to be an interesting guy for them to watch because I think yeah. he's top five in the league in points right Something now. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, who saw that coming, eh? Well, I mean, he's replacing uh, Huberto. We'll see when Huberto comes back what will happen. But yeah, so far he's been pretty good for them. It'll be interesting to see if he was, you know, a Corey Connor kind of guy or if he's actually legit because, yeah. you know, Tampa has a way of establishing, you know, yeah, this guy's talented, but this guy is consistently no, talented. No, is, hmm? is on the Panthers now. Marchessault is on the Panthers now. Yeah, I know, but he was on Tampa before. Oh, uh, so, so, like, it's... They're, they're establishing who they want to keep and who they think, yeah, you know, we like this guy, but we like this guy better. Right. So they, they have no shortage of talent, Tampa Bay does, and, and, and they they, they kind of know what the fabric of their team is going to be, it seems. Yeah, and they can um, let a guy game, they so. can let a guy like Jonathan Marchessault go, and they yeah, was, they can they're still fine. Because they have guys like Drew and Kucherov on their team. Right. Stamkos. Although, yeah, we don't know about Kucherov right now. But, yeah, um, it's true. Um, all right. I guess this is a short episode. I thought this was going to be a little bit longer. But um, <laughs> uh, social media, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LaceMPodcast. Um, our Facebook is LaceMUp. We have a poll of the week every Wednesday on our Twitter. Um, I do usually post them on our Facebook, too. Um, And then you can also follow us on our SoundCloud um, at LaceEmUp. And uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't already. Um, Oh, and uh, mailbag. uh, Email us questions, feedback. I mean, we're in our 50th episode. Um, I don't really expect anyone to be writing us, but I, though it doesn't hurt to try every time. Um, it's at laceupbag at gmail.com. Pretty much anything. I mean, I guess you could just tweet us what your thoughts are, but, um, yeah. So, uh, subjects for certain, uh, topics for, uh, future shows. Also, we'd be willing to hear your feedback yeah. on that because we, we, we like to be in, in touch with all the latest talking news. Sometimes we're not. Yep. So if there's anything we've missed and we th- you think that we should have addressed or probably should address going forward, by all means, let us know. We're open to any and all um, topic discussions from you guys. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, leave us reviews on iTunes as well, speaking to that. Um, right, honestly. Yep, honestly. I'm just uh, making sure we didn't miss anything. Apparently, uh, Don Cherry said that Bri- called Brian Elliott the currently the best goalie in the world, um, which I thought was uh, interesting. I know he's Don Cherry; he'll say anything, but um, I thought that was funny. Um, all right, uh, I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 51 of the Lace Up Podcast. All right.